Kaysan, and hello. Welcome to Nordic Insights, where I introduce you to high-achieving Nordics and Nordic-inspired people with niche expertise in business, lifestyle, education, innovation, tech, travel, and more. I'm your host, Satu Raunola, a Finn passionate about all things Nordic, as well as yoga, running, sustainability, well-being, and great coffee. Listen in for some tips on Nordic approaches to a happier and more holistic business and personal life. Join me to explore Nordic common sense and trends in this complex world. This podcast is delivered to you every Wednesday. Welcome back to Nordic Insights. I am super excited to have a conversation with Hans-Peter Siefen. He is the co-founder and chairman of the Nordic Business Forum, the most successful and sought-after business leadership event series in the Nordic countries. Over the past 11 years, these events in Helsinki, Oslo and Stockholm have hosted an amazing number of world-leading speakers. These include Barack Obama, Al Gore, Simon Sinek, Sir Alex Ferguson, Seth Godin, Steve Wozniak, Gary Vaynerchuk, Randy Zuckerberg, Sir Richard Branson, and even the late Chuck Wells, just to name a few. The audience in these events has grown annually from a few hundred participants to over 7,000 CEOs, business executives, and entrepreneurs. Nordic Business Forum online events have reached over 20,000 participants. I am very curious to know how Hans-Peter and his colleagues have achieved this success, starting from a little town called Juvaskula in Finland, and what their journey has been like. Let's find out. First of all, thanks very much for coming on board. It's great to have you here this morning, and... I've been doing uh, some research about you and something that really resonated with me was is your mission to talk about when you talk about which is building good leaders to change the world and it's not about entrepreneurs but you also talk about entrepreneurship and so can you elaborate what what it means to you? Yeah, so as you said, building leaders who, st- who change the world is our mission statement and, and indeed our mission. And it was actually one cup of tea with Jim Collins back in 2014 when he came to speak at our event in, in Finland. And we were discussing or he started to discuss with me about what it is that we actually do at Nordic Business Forum. And he said that what how he would say what we do is that we build leaders. We are building leaders at Nordic Business Forum. And he said that that's the single most meaningful and valuable thing that you can do for the society, that you build good leaders. And our mission statement was framed in a bit different manner before that, but then it it became building leaders who change the world. And uh, we do, of course, we do it through different means that we practice and we, we strongly believe that it's a very meaningful mission. And also you talk about the entrepreneurial spirit, which is not just within business 
entrepreneurs, mm. but also anyone can hand that you know have that, and it's all about entrepreneurship. So, can you elaborate uh, what what it means to you? Yes, sure. Uh, that that used to be a part of our mission statement as well in the beginning, and it still is, and basically is still the same, even if even if the actual wording has changed has changed a bit thanks to Jim Collins. But uh, yeah, I believe that entrepreneurs basically they 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 keep the society up and running, all the all the welfare societies, etc., all the all the money to keep up libraries and schools and public health and everything comes from companies and in the in the end from private businesses founded by entrepreneurs and and uh, and and then on the other hand it's the entrepreneurs it's the entrepreneurially minded people within each company that keep those companies up and running and succeeding so I, I think entrepreneurship is is uh, a really important thing, and encouraging it and making people entrepreneurs within their organizations is is the most valuable thing. And what are those characteristics when somebody is entrepreneurial? What what does it mean? A simple way to phrase it, from my point of view, is that you don't just do what is needed for you not to get fired or not to lose your job. You do. You do much more than that. You do what's uh, uh, requested, but you do even more than that. You do. You give all of your creativity in, your proactiveness, your proactiveness in, and and really give your effort for the customer and your your company like you would be an entrepreneur. And I believe that these entrepreneurs are the ones who also are the ones to get promoted first. They are the ones who proceed with their careers and take on more responsible roles and responsibilities is a a very close synonym kind of to entrepreneurship i think taking responsibility that that's what it means from my point of view now when it comes to your own character you're obviously a, a very big risk taker and a big dreamer and one of the things that you have said in the TED talk that I was watching in 2013, you said that you have to make those calls you you are afraid to make, and obviously it's it's about being not afraid to fail and and putting your fear aside. And one of the stories I heard you talk about when you were a young man that you were so poor that you didn't have money to pay the, the TV license, and you made that big call. So. Can you tell us about that incident and is that Finnish Sisu that made you to do it? Yeah, I, I actually have forgotten that. <laughs> but now that you mention it, I remember. I, I don't even remember that I would have told that as a story anywhere, but you have been digging deep. But yes, um, indeed, must be like 15 years ago. Yeah, uh, anyway, there was an incident in which at the same time I ran out of money and I, I had broken up with my girlfriend or a spouse and and um, I don't remember what I got from the inspector the TV license inspector but I guess it was a penalty or or something and I just called them that and told that hey it's a very bad moment for me my 
girlfriend left me and I don't have the money to pay for this. So, so they, yeah. they <laughs> basically forgave me. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Now, so since then you have made a lot of very big calls that I'm sure have been very scary. But in 2011, you made a call to Al Gore. Tell us about that. Or no, it was it it was actually in 2010. Okay. Quite early, early on in 2010, like I guess it was in January 2010 or or something. But yes, so uh, we we started off with Nordic Business Forum just a bit earlier than that, basically in in late 2009, and uh, we were going to organize our first first annual conference in late 2010 and in late 2009 we started to sell it and the sales took off quite okay basically done just by myself and my business partner Yuri Linden and while we were building up the 2010 conference in terms of sales and all the practical arrangements we also started planning what we will do in 2011 and then we also had the idea that a good theme that we would really like to go for and promote as the theme of Nordic Business Forum 2011 could be responsibility. The phrase became strength from responsible choices, how responsibility can be be really a part of good business sense as well. And and while doing good, you, you actually can do the best business out, out there and create a, a cycle of recommendations and customers who who feel feel good about you well responsibility means so many other things as well but but strength from responsibility uh, strength from responsible choices became the theme and we were thinking who could be the main speaker the star headline in 2010 we just had local Finnish speakers but for 2011 we thought that we want to aim for some international names and so we did then it was one winter evening when I, I got the idea that, hey, how about trying to bring Al Gore? It, it had, had been some time earlier when I had watched the An Unconvenient Truth documentary by him. And I called Yuri, my business partner, and told that, hey, now I, now I got this idea that we should, we should try to bring Al Gore to Jyväskylä, where our event was still held, a rather small city in the middle of Finland. And And yeah, Yuri said that that's, that's a great idea, very fitting for the theme and everything, but uh, Al Gore doesn't go to Jyväskylä too often. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, I said that let's, let's try at least. And, and the next day at the office, we started Googling a phone number to Al Gore's office and, or some, some kind of a contact information. And, and we found one to Al Gore's office. And that was pretty much my first business call in English, I guess. But, but I made the call and... And after some six months of of uh, exchange with their office and his agent, who we were we were introduced to, we managed to get a positive response. Al Gore responded on 10th of Ju- July in 2010 that he would actually arrive to Yvaskula to give a speech at our event in late 2011. So that was a big day for us. I bet that must have uh, felt amazing that something like that, you made it happen. So that's uh, fantastic. Mm. Now, all these things of uh, dreaming big and taking risks, so what are some of the Finnish or Nordic traits that you can identify within yourself that made you successful? Well, uh, I'm not sure if I'm 
I'm the right person to evaluate myself on the straits. But if I should try to, at least something that the Nordic people are associated with quite often is honesty. And, and um, when something is promised, it's actually delivered. And in Finland, a, a wearable contract is actually a binding contract legally as well, if I've understood correct, or that's at least how everyone treat it. And um, I guess something that has helped me is that I've been somehow able to build trust in between myself and, and our company and the customers. And I guess uh, within our company, within within the employees as well later on when we had had some employees <laughs> at some point. And, uh, and still, of course, but but early, in the very early stages, it was just me and my business partner. But somehow I've been able to build trust and keep my promises. And that has helped us all along the way. And of course, there has been a lot of luck on our side as well, which has helped us. I read somewhere that someone said that they don't believe in luck, that you actually create your luck, that you make this, you act towards that things will come to you. And I'm sure in your case, you have made a lot of, A lot of hard work to get yourself where you are at. Now, if we talk about Nordic business culture, in your opinion, are there common things that the way Nordics do business and what would you say the characteristics of that would be? Or is there a big difference how Finns do business or Swedes or Norwegians? Or are there there very different ways of doing it? Or do you think that there's actually some things that are really similar to all the Nordics? Well, what I just mentioned about when you agree on something, you actually deliver, I think, expands to all of Nordics really well. And uh, there are some differences. Uh, I think based on my personal experience, Norway and Finland Finland are most similar to each other. Sweden, slightly different in, in culture. How How basically, well, this might be a bit stereotypic as well, but how how things are on average maybe discussed further before actions are taken in Sweden than in Finland. But on the other hand, when they are then discussed through Auli, through Auli uh, then then taking actions is more straightforward and and so forth. So, but I, I guess that's that's a slight difference in between, for example, Finland and Sweden. I I don't have that much experience in Denmark, but anyway, or Iceland either of course only some but anyway i think the nordic area in general is of course has a great reputation internationally the products are are high quality uh, the design is appreciated and also the the fact that you can really trust on the nordic people in business i think is is widely widely recognized around the world so we have a good reputation i guess and we should keep that of course we should really work hard on it to keep it and and make it even more known around the world so we build we build build on it now the secret of success i heard you sometimes say that you exceed expectations both with your customers and audience and also your your guest speakers So can you give us some examples of those things that you have been doing where you obviously exceed expectations? Yeah, yeah, I indeed believe so that um, first of all, a, a very simple a, a very simple formula for a growth is that 
you, you work hard on sales and marketing very diligently on sales and marketing and of course need to be innovative with it as well but you need you need to work hard on it to acquire new customers but at the same time you not, you not only meet but you exceed your customers expectations so that you make sure that you keep almost all of them uh, at least a very large part of them year over year and if you keep your old customers and you acquire new ones with hard work in sales and marketing, then you grow. That's a very simple formula for a growth. And both, both of these are, of course, difficult. Sales and marketing is difficult and requires a lot. Uh, and, and then surprising your customers in a positive way, exceeding their expectations is also extremely difficult. But you need to have a big heart for your service and for your product and, well, in the end, your customer. So if you are really passionate about the product, the industry you are in and, your, and the value deliver, you deliver to your customer, you are basically thinking of it almost night and day. You are uh, learning about it, you are reading about it, you are coming up with new solutions and better ways to deliver the value to your customer. You are innovating and you are listening to feedback, you are trying to understand what's beyond, uh, what's, what's uh, maybe not said or worded in the correct way, but what's the root reason for the feedback. And you fix those things and you innovate solutions and you try to think what could be beyond what the customer expects. That, that has, of course, the value creation side of it uh, in, our, in our case for example, the value in networking at our events and value in, in learning uh, from the content and the speakers, etc. But then there is a big factor on customer experience as well. How you make the customer feel when, when the customer is interacting with you. And in our case, especially, of course, during those event days how you maybe surprise the, surprise the customer positively when he or she arrives at the event venue. And of course, uh, even, even earlier in the process, but let's speak about the arrival. How, how you surprise the customer when, when the program begins or at, at, at some uh, maybe unexpected moment during the program. How you could surprise the customer in the catering or how you could surprise the customer in the end of the day or when they are leaving. We, we really try to make the customer smile and surprise them from the CX customer experience side as well. And we have some really talented people within our organization working with a, with a big heart on it. So those are basically the things we, we try to work on. And for first-timers, um, I guess... It's easier than for the ones who already attend for the fifth or seventh time. But um, luckily for us, very few are really focusing on organizing and developing a business seminar full-time year-round. Most organizations do it as a side project while they are, their main product is something else. And that, that shows if your conference runs really by the minute that's already a surprise for the customer the first timer 
in many cases that's that's at least a surprise for the speakers usually as well also our comparison group is on average not that hard to beat honestly okay and can you tell us maybe a one example of those things that you surprise a customer something concrete so how do you surprise a customer that they how do you delight them yeah well one one thing that has has happened all over again year after year is is that at the cloakroom the cloakroom is run by our own staff and uh, and the students that that uh, participate at, at the event as a part of their studies in different customer service roles and and uh, at the cloakroom uh, we actively seek for jackets where something is broken and we fix it during the day when the customer comes back and sees that the jacket is fixed the button button is in place or whatever it could be that's wow. that's a sort of a positive surprise which which uh, usually the customer doesn't expect because that's not a part of a an average uh, cloakroom service isn't it so. amazing speakers these world leading speakers that come to your event year after year how have you created trust and credibility of your organization that you get these people actually to to come in well we at least have not had any shortcuts Uh, me and my business partner were really young boys from from the small city in Finland so we didn't have any connections to Algor or anyone notable so we we just worked hard on it as well we were active in making connections and contacting uh, people and and uh, in many cases we also need to work on the speakers for many years before they actually are convinced to come or or we find find uh, a suitable time for them to travel in and so forth so it's not not an easy job and we have not had any existing networks for it. Of course, now our reputation is much more well known within the speakers and speaker agencies and and many many parties. But uh, and that helps us. But there has not been any shortcuts to it. So, well, working diligently and building reputation with showing what we what we do year over year has has then done the trick and it's still not easy with many speakers we need to really give our best effort to get them get them to commit but but it's easier than it used to be and so what's your lead time to getting these speakers must must be quite few years because they must be very booked in advance Uh, well sometimes it's it's many years but in most cases also the speaker doesn't want to commit to something that is more than 12 months ahead or more than one and a half years ahead. So you kind of start the negotiation maybe earlier or you start it for, let's say, 2012 and then you actually succeed in 2016. Uh, that, that might be the case. But usually you don't confirm a visit for 2016 in 2012. 
So, so, so you maybe co- confirm it 13, 12, 11 months prior, or like we, like the case was with Barack Obama, we confirmed it um, only three months prior, or yeah, about three months prior. So we were working on it for a long time, but and took a risk as well because it could have been a no in the end. But we confirmed him just after his presidency, three months before our conference. In your opinion, what are the main things, like if you can mention a few things that you think that make these business leaders exceptional? Why are they, why, what makes them successful? And, you know, I heard you said in one of your interviews that, for example, Jack Wells, one of your favorite people uh, that you have met. And so what makes him special? Well, I guess in Jack's case, so many things make him so special. Jack passed away on 1st of March this year. He he was at our conference in 2013 in in Jyväskylä, in this smaller city where our event was organized for the first four years and when our, our headquarters still is. I, I sent him an email, I think it was in November last year and and he still he still responded quite promptly one once when we i don't remember which year it was it was probably 2017 when we sold out our event i guess in april for the fall the event was probably in late september or early october and we sold it out in in april i if i remember correct i was just in in Montreal at C2 Montreal benchmarking what they are doing and learning from from their content and I I shared the information on Twitter that we sold out and Jack Welch responded on Twitter congratulations etc and he's just he has surprised me so many times uh, and and when also when he was visiting uh, first of all he's still one of the highest rated speakers that we've ever had i i think he's the third highest rated speaker speakers by our customers he he he's so clever and even if he, he was old already then quite old he he was so insightful um and what really impressed me on top of that very warm-hearted very interested in in everyone he i'm not sure any everyone but everyone i saw him met and what in in us as well what we were doing and and gave advice and and uh, yeah uh, some some people seem to be able to stay humble and interested even if they are immensely successful and i guess most people only become successful because they they are able to stay that way most people we have worked with, most of our speakers are, all, well, I think all of them are, are super nice or have been always super nice. And I, I, my feel is that it's, it's a bit different than, for example, in music, etc. The riders are not too long with these speakers. Usually there is not a rider at all. So... That's how it is. 
right? So they many of them don't have big egos. They they're more humble. Well, that's my experience. Of course, I've not worked in the music industry too much. We 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 though usually have a few artists each each year as well. But but um, yeah. Now these these events are pretty amazing. What you organized, so your team must be really crucial to make something something uh, happen like like those events and but if you think about your team what are the main features that you look into when when you choose a team member we first of all mm, we look for passion for for our mission and our product passion for what we do that's the first thing we look at i don't believe that for example in sales anyone can sell a product too successfully which they don't believe in themselves which they wouldn't use themselves etc and and that goes for goes for any role in an organization although of course you need the critics you need the people who challenge your offering and and the way in which you create value for your customers but we have still we have ourselves still first looked at passion for what we do especially when i i still uh ran ran uh recruiting i that was that was the first thing i was looking at everything else is secondary basically but of course other things matter as well okay so you have had experience being inspired by the best business leaders in the world so how do you inspire your team well of course we have a privilege of being surrounded with all of this world class teaching and content by our speakers and content producers etc um like for for instance again this is about shows also the character of Jack Welch again but one one time i guess it was in 2016 or 17 we had our pre-christmas party in Jyväskylä and we wanted to have a a content part to it as well and one of the crucial topics to discuss at that point for us was culture and uh, and I I just emailed Jack whether he he could do a session for us remotely on culture and and I asked how much it would be etc as well but he 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 responded immediately and wanted to do it free of charge so he was visiting at our pre-christmas party remotely remotely and and teached us about culture for an hour or so so we have we have a privilege of of having having great people around us and and really inspiring people to learn from which helps a lot the industry such and otherwise we 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 of course try to pay attention to it we we try to we try to communicate the why behind the what as often as possible communicate the why behind the what more more often so that's at least one key ingredient of it as well i believe yeah and you have had Simon Sinek also speaking in your events in few years back Yeah, we have had him uh three different events so far actually. 
Now, I'm sure that you have had many highlights during these years. Is there one that you think tops it all? Well, the most important event we have had has definitely been the 2010 event, the first big event we ever had. I mean, if that if that would not have taken place, and uh, also if that would have failed miserably, that could have been the end of the story. And anyway, uh, everything starts from somewhere, and the starting point is, at least I still feel in our in our story is the most important moment and the most important part of it. And it was a good event, uh, nothing compared to the ones we run now nowadays, but the 2010 event was a good one, and as I recall it, it it really exceeded the customer expectations. <laughs> so, uh, so that that was the most important moment so far. I feel. I'm just loving that you have had pretty amazing journey past ten, eleven years, and you also now have decided to you give back to your community. So you give seminars to students and schools in Finland and Estonia. Yeah, uh, actually, we did so very actively in between 2012 or late 2011 and 2017 but it's it's now on pause so we haven't been extremely actively going to schools at the moment but but indeed we did that extremely actively during those years and probably will continue we we visited some 250 schools altogether if i remember correct during those years that's pretty amazing you were giving seeds to many of these students that who wanted to to get into business and and have this entrepreneurial spirit. Yes, that's what we were trying to convey. the The entrepreneurial spirit was was our main message, basically, to to these students. So, when we talk about challenges, I'm sure you have had many, many, many during these years. So, has COVID been your greatest challenge so far? Or has there been something else and how you have been handling it? Well, I think our or my greatest challenge has been has been leadership. Acting as a good supervisor and being worthy of our people has been the greatest challenge for us and myself at least. Of course COVID nineteen is a is an enormous challenge for anyone in our industry. But it's an opportunity as well, sort of, uh, an opportunity to innovate. And, and we are trying to utilize it as well as possible. A lot of things we have been doing earlier would have probably the development for the digital side of our products that we have done so far this year since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic has equaled what we would have other otherwise done probably in in four or five years so so on the other hand it's it's a disaster but on the other hand it's a great opportunity or the fact that it forced us to innovate could be a great opportunity for us in the future and we'll see what we make of it so how does the future look for you and and nordic business forum what do you see in the future to put it simply we we try to create value to our customers in the best possible ways and we try to innovate on what those ways are. Of course, now during the 
COVID-19 pandemic when physical events of this scale basically cannot run. International travel is is uh, not possible. Speakers are not uh, able to arrive to events internationally, etc. But anyway, uh, in the future, we continue to to strive to uh, create value to our customers and and do it in in a better and a surprising way each year. And thanks to or due to the COVID-19 pandemic, the digital offering from us will be much more significant in the upcoming years. And, and that's at least something, something different. We also plan to expand internationally. And many of those discussions were quite, quite far already before, before the end of February, but are, have been on hold for now. But we plan to continue to internationalize and open up operations on new markets as well. So the actual main event uh, has been now postponed to 2021, but you are having an online event, mm. virtual event in September, don't you? Yeah, on September 24th, we have a, an online event called The New Normal. And on in early early November, we have a virtual masterclass on on business models with a three-day masterclass with Alex Osterwalder naturally remotely and many of similar kinds coming up uh, 2021 then as well. That's really exciting to hear and 2021 one of your key speakers will be Yuval Noel Harari and Ryan Hannigan from uh, HubSpot so you really have big names coming up again. What would you say to your younger self that was it 19-year-old young man who attended the first leadership event in 2003? Uh-huh. It would be probably better for me to just stay silent. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, things have gone well, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't like to mess it up. <laughs> so let the young man do what the young man is going to do. Can you give some few tips to our listeners, those who have big dreams and uh, and you know see you as a, a as a great visionary and and business leader, uh, how to start or grow their business or their career? I would give at least one with ha- which has been very useful for myself. I don't remember where I learned it from. Yeah, it was actually a Finnish coach, I believe, called Jari Saraswa. The basic idea I believe in is that you need to, and you should, you should dream big in long term, but you should set realistic goals for yourself in the in the short term. And with long term, I mean like 10 years. And with short term, I mean like a year or two years. On short term, you should really believe in what you go for. And you should be able to build up a spiral of of accomplishment so that each time that you set something as a goal for you you don't always fall short on it you should kind of try to make sure that more of the times you succeed than fail for yourself as well as for your team if you are leading an organization that's the only way to build confidence and or i believe that's maybe the only way to build build confidence and uh, and a positive spirit and a feeling of accomplishment. But that will bring you far. I mean, people people uh, overestimate what they can do in a year, but they usually underestimate quite severely what can be done in 10 years. And in long, in long term, you should, 
you don't of course it's not a must but but if you feel like it i i encourage you to dream big if you have a a vision of what you want to become or what you want to accomplish or where you want to be in in 10 years or whatever the time frame a long long time frame anyway it will help you to spot lessons and spot ideas and spot tools and mentors and whatever that can help you to go to the right direction it will also help you not to not to go after opportunities which are not in line with your longer term vision or passion so you kind of have your sensors up and running for the right pieces of wisdom to bring you to the right direction Well, that's a great ending and great advice. Thank you so much, Happe. It's been absolutely fantastic to have you here as as my guest, and also, and I wish you all the best of success for your future. And can't wait to and follow your career and also um, the the be part of the Nordic Business Forum. So thank you very much. Thank you, Sato. If you are interested in taking part Nordic Business Forum events, go to nbforum.com. Next event is The New Normal on 24th of September featuring world-leading business speakers including Carla Harris of Morgan Stanley and Brian Halligan of HubSpot as well as virtual networking and masterclasses. You can also follow them on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and Instagram and the links will be in my show notes. Don't miss this opportunity. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. And if you enjoyed this podcast, I would appreciate if you would leave a quick rating and review. You can also find Nordic Insights on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for listening. Voi hyvin, hade sopra, take care.